Hello and welcome to Gravitas Wins Conversations. I guess you are listening to this podcast on a mobile phone. Whatever your phone is, it is much more powerful than the computer that launched man to the moon. Edge computing is one of many technologies that is trying to ride on uh, such a power that is available on mobile phones and at the computers that are available at the edge. To explore this topic further, I invited my good friend Manish who has been experimenting on edge computing. Hope you will enjoy this conversation. Hello Manish, welcome to the conversation. Hi Joseph, thanks for having me. Uh let's start from the beginning uh, Manish. Uh what is edge computing and how did you get into it? Let me have the opportunity to explain edge computing to you to the audience by virtue of a small story. Think of a self-driving truck which is loaded with concrete driving on a highway at 100 kilometers per hour. Now, all the decision that the truck has to make are determined by software, whether to accelerate, whether to stop, whether there is a red light at the traffic or whether there is a yellow light or a green light. Now, when this truck is driving on its own determined by a computer system, think of it that there is a small child that comes in front of the truck. Now, the mm-hmm. system on the truck has to make a real-time decision whether to accelerate or brake. because it could mm-hmm. be a child or it could be just a plastic bag flowing in the air now because of the speed at which the truck moving the decision needs to be very very fast in the normal situation the sensors that a truck has could be a camera could be a radar they will capture a lot of data and then this data will go to a server and the server will decide okay this is not a child this could be a child Uh, accelerate or brake or there's nothing yet. It's just a detect. It's just a flaw in the camera and keep on driving the way you are driving. And this decision will be made on the server and the response will come back to the truck. And based on it, the truck will put on the brakes or continue driving the way it is. Now, because of the critical nature of the application and the speed and that there is a human life involved, the truck needs to make this decision in the minimum time possible. With all the current mm-hmm. technology, because the server is situated far off in a data center, it might take. couple of seconds for the response to get back to the truck what we want in this situation is to reduce the response time as fast as to be as minimum as possible what edge computing does is is it physically reduces the distance between the point of data generation and the point where the data is computed in the edge mm. edge computing ecosystem what we will do is we will put a small server on each cell phone tower so that the truck can only the, the truck only needs to send the data from its sensor to the nearest cell phone tower and then the server can compute and send in the response back that way the mm. response time is reduced to a couple of milliseconds from a couple of 100 milliseconds the way it would be in the normal situation that way the truck will be able to decide in time that it is an actual child put on the brakes and avoid a collision this is fundamentally what edge computing does it re- reduces the physical distance and thus the latency or the response time from the point of origin of the data and the point where their data is computed what are the other benefits that business and especially for the technologist what, what benefits it offers sure edge computing is a gradual evolution for example over the last 20 years internet has gone mainstream every business is an internet driven mm-hmm. business whether you are a bank whether you are a grocery store whether you're running a hospital whether you are a teacher especially these days with covid uh similarly edge computing is the gradual evolution of the internet paradigm every business will be touched by this technology 
because we are able mm -hmm. to make decisions in real time. For example, if you are an architect and you are designing a building or not these days, but if you have a large office building with people coming in and coming out, with edge computing, you are able to make near real-time decisions with all the sensors that are there to track the temperature, whether there is a viral load or whether there is too much moisture or the sunlight is too high, then let's dim the internal lights. All these decisions can be made real-time. That is one application of it. Mm -hmm. Even if you're working in finance, for example, somebody tries to skim somebody's money via an ATM machine. In the current situation, the fraud will be detected couple of minutes later because all the data will hit the central server and then there will be an alert and then they might block your car or then maybe you they don't even block your car and you have to call the bank and then try to run around to get your money back with edge computing because the decisions can be made in near real time then we can have biometric authentication your identity can be verified there could be a real-time alert right when, at the moment when somebody tries to commit a fraud at the atm especially in healthcare for example rather than the blood sample being transported to a centralized laboratory, the software can travel to all these points of presence. So your your blood sample doesn't have to travel too much of a distance. They can go, go and take it to the nearest center and they just put the blood sample into the machine and all the computation is done right then and there. And the latest software is always updated on that machine. So this is mm. something that will touch everybody's life. Uh, I really like this story. When electricity was getting mainstream in about 100, and 100 years ago, initially electricity was only used for lightning. So the only electrical connection that you will mm -hmm. have at, in your home is going to be for a light bulb. And then what people did is they came up with a lot of adapters. So somebody will try to put a toaster and they will have a contraption that will connect the toaster to the electric light bulb, bulb holder and then they'll turn the toaster on or a washing machine. But now electricity is a utility and it's called a utility company for some particular reason, because the only thing you need is the electric supply and you can connect anything to electricity. So I think that happened with the internet and with the new paradigm, with all these smart devices, all these sensors, so much of data being generated, this data needs to be processed in real time to give a, a more human touch to technology. So I think edge computing enables it and there will, no, will not be any industry that will not be touched by it. Wow, okay. so. Does that mean, purely from a technology perspective and as a developer, software uh, perspective, will edge computing replace uh, cloud computing then? Well, that's a good question. And uh, what I personally believe is edge is the evolution of the cloud. So the cloud will still remain the way it is. Uh, edge is only the next generation of cloud. So uh, within the edge computing paradigm from a technology perspective, there are concepts like far edge, near edge, or the central cloud. Uh, mm -hmm. You will always need the cloud the way it is right now because you also need to store data somewhere. The data needs to be backed up. Uh, you need a lot of reporting. Uh, so the cloud will always be there. Edge is a gradual extension of it. For example, let's say you are in Ladakh and mm -hmm. you want to monitor weather and you want to make weather alerts. So that would be a far edge use case because you cannot have transportation, especially in the winter months, the highways shut down for, for, for months and it's difficult to physically go there uh, via road transport. So we can have a far edge solution there deployed uh, where all the systems can keep on running on their own. The sensors can function, they can monitor uh, humidity, 
uh, avalanches, stuff like that. And they can always report back data slowly to the main cloud. So the data is always there in the central cloud, but the actual decision-making can happen independent of the central cloud. So even if the mobile internet is not good enough, or let's say the fiber optic cable is chopped off, the system will continue to work because internet-driven systems are very, very critical. Imagine the internet goes down for one day. It's, it's, it will be almost like an apocalypse. But with parage use cases like this, we can have the extreme last mile system continue to function normally without having a real-time dependency on the central server or the central system. But you always need, it's always a good thing to back up the data or synchronize everything so that somebody sitting down in Bangalore can always have access to that information as and when they want. So edge will be a gradual evolution rather than a total uh, snap-off event where the cloud is no longer there and everything is edge. So it's more of a complementing thing. Things evolve in technology, so I see it that way. Okay. Uh, while you were explaining that particular use case, I can I can see that there are quite a lot of associated technologies that need to evolve, or they are they are shaping this edge computing. Yes. Uh, it it is the the cloud that you talked about data that is going to be generated. And probably today we are not collecting that much data, but then when edge computer is going to come in, there's going to be a huge number of data that's going to come in. And then all of the data will have to be transferred back to the cloud. So that's that's a that's a transmission that is involved. What are the associated technologies that are shaping edge computing? Sure. The biggest driver for edge is smart devices or the sensor technology. Mm. Now, everything is going to be smart. For example, the thermostat in your home. Uh, it is connected mm -hmm. to the internet and the common cliche term is called the internet of things but it is really exciting stuff your thermostat can automatically talk to your junction box uh, from where the, mm -hmm. where the public utility sends in the electric wire you know you don't have to turn off the thermostat automatically on or off it can auto adjust and reduce the load uh, that is one area where it comes and especially in manufacturing or factories for example, you have a municipal water treatment plant. So somebody does not have to manually go and take the reading if the water is drinkable, uh, is the water clean enough, uh, is there enough chlorine or is there too much chlorine. And currently, because it's a human factor which is involved, they can do it a finite number of times. But if I put a good quality mm -hmm. sensor there, then you can monitor it in real time. It will be more accurate. The reporting will be much more faster and you can take corrective actions. Or let's say, especially in the region in which you and I live, uh, we oftentimes hear that the water supply will be at low pressure because the pipe mm. burst or something got wrong. So currently what happens is somebody visually sees it, oh, there is something, something, something has gone wrong and then they escalate it and fix it. But if we have a smart motor with some sensors, then in real time you can determine and you can predict that, okay, these many hours from now, this motor is not behaving right. It is not pumping up enough water or there is some anomaly. And we know that a couple of hours from now, it might malfunction. So you can proactively have an alert and send the engineer down at the pumping station and fix it. So I think sensors technology, it's amazing. It will touch everything and it will be the main driver. So rather than today, when as a human being, I log into the computer, I log in into a website and I am generating the data, everything around you, will generate a lot of data and that data will be processed in real time via edge computing and then coordinated with the central cloud via backend. For example, pollution, you know, uh, especially during a particular period of 
here we have when the weather changes there's a lot of smog uh, there is a, the, yeah. the visibility is not clear the air gets toxic so currently it is physically not possible to measure air quality with much accuracy because there are not a lot of sampling points but imagine what edge computing allows you to do it every street light can have a small air quality sensor so you can get a much clearer picture where actually the problem is so what are the patterns like uh, is it really smog or is it just normal dust or maybe is the air quality poor or off at a near a factory or a construction site and is it much more cleaner near a forest area so when you get this quality mm. data and this data is measured accurately it allows you to make much more informed decisions so with smart devices we have high speed high speed mobile internet we already have 4g with 5g coming in uh, you can really there's no limit to how much data can be captured mm. and the more data you capture the more things you are able to measure the more informed decision you can make and that helps in improving the quality of human life wow fantastic uh, having interacted with you earlier outside of this uh, podcast uh, that we are recording uh you have talked a lot about the play that government of india is playing in this edge computing and in promoting this can you tell me few things that government of india is doing in this sure. particular area sure so before coming to specifically to the edge i'll just take one step back so that i am able to present a better uh, mm-hmm. context so india is the second largest internet market in the world and one of the cheapest internet connectivity rates so personally i see we we are sitting at the top of a very big internet opportunity and there's a lot of value that can be created for our people our fellow citizens and looking at the last couple of decades uh for example upi it's an amazing technology really state of the art yeah. the most advanced technology i guess anywhere that exists in the world it's mind blowing i can send money to you click of a button and it's real time and mm. imagine sometimes it might take 30 minutes with nft or i might have to physically travel to a bank deposit the money get a receipt then call you on phone send you a picture or mail you the receipt and the money will hit your account uh in some time but it's near real time imagine if the same thing happens to everything that is around you with sensors you can monitor your traffic efficiently you can have green corridors for ambulances for example from mohali to chandigarh if i have to take an ambulance at rush hour maybe 9 am or maybe 5 5:30 pm and the office is closed down with smart sensors smart drivers smart cities you don't need a traffic policeman to coordinate or somebody to call the police the system is robust enough the ambulance is already tagged the ambulance is broadcasting you know the ambulance driver can turn the siren on so the system will detect that hey this is this ambulance at this particular junction box and from here to let's say pgi chandigarh or 32 medical college or the sector 16 hospital it will be a green corridor uh, the ambulance doesn't have to stop anywhere mm. and it's not like mm. that they have to have a green corridor for 40 minutes they just need to turn that particular green light which is nearest to the ambulance so the rest of the traffic can continue functioning the way it is so the people are also able to commute wherever they want but the ambulance is not actually stopping and all of this decision is being made in real time uh, in india mm. the government investing heavily we have the smart cities program and a lot of money is being invested where you have such technologies centralized monitoring systems uh 
where sanitation quality can be monitored, traffic can be monitored smartly. Uh, even there is a project where electricity meters are going to be digital and which is beneficial for the both consumer and the company. So the consumer can always have a prepaid system and so that they are not, because right now it's it's a surprise at the end of the month if you get overbilled or what your electricity bill is. But now it's all real-time monitoring. We know how much load actually there is. And that way the government can plan things in better. We know that at um, in the month of May at 9 or 9.30 a.m. when people turn into offices, hopefully COVID will be gone by then and we'll all return to the way things were in the BC era or the before COVID era. <laughs> And there are these real-time sensors and there are smart electric meters. So they know how much electricity we consume and they report it to the central system. And the system learns on its own. So they know in real time on a per building level that this is the amount of electricity that will be consumed. So they can do capacity planning that way. So all of this is in mm. the pipes and it is being executed right now in India. So we're really at the forefront of this technology. The government is... Uh, aware of the potential and they are there are a lot of programs uh, that are being involved and especially uh, the incubation program with which my company is incubated with software technology parks of india they have a dedicated center of excellence for iot so which is which is amazing mm. and they are in and they have a lab there you can you can uh, work and especially the mohali center it's a, the neuron it's it's a center of excellence a national level center of excellence for uh, iot devices so uh, the people are aware of the potential and they want the people of India to benefit and a lot of an initiative is being done. Uh, you would be surprised to know that India has its own cloud called Megdoot. Yeah. It's currently used for government businesses, but I hope they open it up for, for the public. So everybody has access to low cost computing with smart devices. So that really benefits. And not only in cities, especially in our villages, for example, mm. you know, uh, in the case of something that I'm really passionate about is quality access to healthcare. So we have PGI Chandigarh, some, an institution that I have a lot of respect in my heart. So currently, you know, people from, let's say a person from a village will actually physically travel to PGI and it's, it's really tough for a small consultation. The actual interaction with the specialized doctor might be uh, of a couple of minutes, but there is a lot of ad hoc time, you know, you have to travel in the bus, come here in the evening for a consultation in the morning. And that's not the patient, but there are people with him, so with him or her, mm. a lot of productivity is being lost. Uh, one thing I'm really passionate about is maybe can with via edge computing, can we have dedicated video conferencing corridors with all primary health centers connected via a private grid? So normally at times we see that the Zoom is not working fine or Google Meet is very slow or the WhatsApp video call is not very efficient because it's all the same network but once we have this distributed edge networks then you can have an hd video connection it's all local it's all between let's say some village in amritsar to pgi chandigarh we can really mm. re reduce the consultation time it's a direct interaction with the specialist and the specialist can cater to more people in a single day uh, you can you can you know we can have a smart uh, ECG machine or a smart X-ray machine. You go to the nearest lab and the data is fed back to the specialist via the dedicated edge system, and the system can automatically detect that okay your bone is broken or you have cataract in your eye, things like that. So all of this is being worked on right right now in this country. So I think that sights me up. That keeps me awake at nights. Uh, I, I can see that, uh, uh, Manish. <laughs> Uh, one of the things that I have learned, uh, having worked in government of India for a while, 
is uh, we don't give enough credit to our government yes. whatever be the political parties yes. <laughs> we don't give enough uh, credit to our government there are ton of stuff that are happening and i'm glad to know uh, even in the technology space that we are we are we are, we are the pioneers Oh absolutely absolutely I've met uh, some really good officers well meaning people who understand their job really really well and they really want to encourage you so for example when I might be interacting with somebody in the government and they know that this person has some specialization and they have their own expertise they really give you the access uh, they really want to listen to you and they want the the most vulnerable members of our society they're also I personally believe you know they have the same rights so uh, everybody should have to have the right to live with dignity uh, and technology allows you to do that for example for you and me we work in the like without without internet i mean i'm not sure what kind of career would i have been having so we need to ensure that this expands everybody can benefit from it irrespective of uh, where they are from what's their economic situation like that the term that we i personally like using is that technology is an equal opportunity enabler uh, it rises yeah. the tide equally for everyone and especially in the tier 2 tier 3 cities i see a lot of innovation coming in the decades to come so we are a young country we are an aspirational country uh, and yeah there is no there's no limit so then, while we are talking about this what are the experiments that you have been running on edge computing sure uh this is i'm really excited to talk about so we run an international coalition called as the open computing alliance uh where we are partnering with some of the companies who are building the platforms that power the edge computing solutions and we try to set up something in india so in india we have a project called as the bharat compute grid where we are setting up these computing units at various location within india of course not as diverse as a cell phone tower grid because it's more for an uh, research perspective and we are a small startup uh so i have got two physical servers running here in the mohali data center as part of the nearest node so we are running experiments on a low latency telemetry system you know you can uh, monitor if a uh, soft the system can be anything it could be a software it could be a physical device and we we it just pings it and collects data to see if the system is on or not mm-hmm. in, in addition to it uh, we are running experiments in agriculture uh, remote sensing for example let's say especially it's more relevant in uh, punjab where you have let's say green uh, pastures so how can the soil nutrient quality can be monitored in real time so right now what happens is you know when the fertilizer is required it is spread liberally across all the track of land uh, that is one area that we are working in how can we monitor that and in fact one of the experiments that i completed yesterday is how can we make it self sustaining so what we did is we got some small a very very micro 35 watt server we connected it to a solar panel i have it in front of me yeah, like right now it's stuck outside and it it, it works 24/7 automatically no dependency mm-hmm. on the grid especially for rural india so we are not creating any load on the main power grid so electricity can come and go which i believe with time it will improve but the system is self sustaining you know it has a small 4g connectivity module it, it's connected uh to the high speed internet and the data does not need to travel to the central server all the time you can compute it you can process it locally make all the local decisions and later on you can sync all the data to the central server for reporting and for analysis or for the analyst to find anomalies in 
So these are exciting technologies. Uh, and in terms of platforms, my a company that is really that I really love is called Optin. And their technology is open source. They're Apache guys. Uh, so they have their platform called Subutai. That is something we are experimenting with. And because it's open source, we're trying to create a customized version of it, which is specific to India for Indian use cases. So it's really exciting. Great, great. Um, as always, uh, Manish, talking to you is always illuminating and uh, a part magic, <laughs> part science fiction, and part also inspiring that Oh, thank what you. we are doing for India mm -hmm. and uh, especially using open source yes. and on riding on the latest uh, technologies. So it, it's always fun uh, talking to you, Manish. Oh, yes. Uh, and it, yeah. It, it's always exciting for me as well. I mean, uh, the internet, it's, it's amazing. You know, uh, sometimes I wonder 500 years ago, the, Kings inheritors will be kings. The farmers inheritors will be farmers. Or if you are, uh, you know, if you if you if you are just a peasant, your children will be peasants. But technology, it there are no barriers. You can be anything you want. It's it's it is open for everybody, and it's really amazing. And uh, the kind of wealth I I personally believe, uh, not to sound very cliched, but uh, the again, what I discussed with some of my mentors is that India's salvation lies in large-scale wealth creation. So you and I are blessed enough to sit. You know, I think I was born in a in the right place at the right time. I, I'll be very honest. A lot of it was governed by the accident of birth. So I think you know we can consciously take this. Uh, what's the right term I'm looking for? we can enable the same prosperity for others as well. And technology is the fastest way of doing it. Uh, and it, I think it should be our life's mission. Uh, you know, it is, it is our responsibility towards, towards our uh, country. So we should really work towards it and do the best because we are as best as anywhere else in the, in the world. Uh, technology is constantly evolving. We are at the forefront. Uh, so we are not on the tail end of things, we can be the front leaders. Yeah. And that was one of the specific reason I decided not to have an office in Bangalore, but in the middle of near a village in Punjab. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but that's the story because I, I believe if, if we are, even if we fail, that's okay, we will have fun. But if we succeed, I think it might inspire somebody, you know, in the middle of nowhere, you can create a world-class technology company that's, that's best in the world. And it's used by not only India, but one of the pioneers. So something that came out of India, not in Kora Mangala or not in HSR layout, but, you know, in sector 108 Mohali of all places. So yeah, that's the, that's the vision. Uh, you will, you will, uh, Manish, knowing Hopefully. you, I think you will. And uh, good luck for all of that, uh, Manish. If I were to start on edge computing, mm -hmm. where should I start? How can I start? Sure. Uh, that's, really, that's really a good question. And again, uh, with your permission, I'll just take one step back and so that I can, I can set the context. Edge computing is for everybody, irrespective of which industry you're working on. And it's not only for you if you are a software programmer or developer or you're working in the telecommunications industry. Think of it, how would you work? Again, going back to the electricity example or running water. Think of it, how does electricity or access to internet impacts your industry or your domain? You could be working in finance or you could be working in healthcare. Internet is a necessity for you. Think about it. In addition to access to internet, I'm able to give you access to computing power. You can do all the processing right next to where you are without having to wait. 
for example we all have those annoying moments where the network is down or the video call is not good enough and it creates a lot of problems i think it is imperative for us to have the prepare our minds for this new paradigm if you are an architect can you think of solutions i mean it's about the idea of us execution happens uh, eventually as an architect how can you utilize computing power while you are designing a building that's mm. a paradigm change you need to be aware of it or if you are a fashion designer how can you design fabrics you know wall curtains that detect dust for example or mm. or self healing bandages or a bandage a smart bandage that reports the bacteria level or whatever or a bed sheet anything if you're working in the finance sector how can you benefit from real time computing capabilities maybe biometric identification fraud prevention uh, you can have an offline atm sounds interesting idea sounds crazy also but but it's an interesting idea it's for everybody if you are a programmer there are a lot of technologies that are there you can start experimenting uh what i compare it with is the iphone moment when the iphone came out there was no app store there were no apps but today the app store itself i'm not sure about the exact numbers but i think it generates about 50 billion dollars of revenue every year it's crazy the same thing is going to happen with the edge first world when you have so many connected devices these devices need smart applications smart solutions so if you are a programmer you need to think what will be relevant how can i have the expertise to build a distributed application that will that is going to hit us 5 years from now so this is like the angry birds moment you know uh, it, mm. it's a cool app but it's like we're revisiting it so last time we didn't we didn't have the expertise or the experience but we have uh, the benefit of hindsight which is like 2020 thankfully uh, we need to prepare ourselves for what is going to be mainstream 5 years from now and the moment is right now irrespective of which domain you are on you don't have to be a programmer necessarily but you can always think of solutions a technology is only an enabler there can always be somebody who can write the application for you or develop the software but you have the industry expertise so it's really on top of it should be on top of your mind like uh, just like you're working with electricity or the internet it's a new new concept so it's difficult to grasp in the beginning but if you really think about it if i give you a really good computing power right next to your room or your wardrobe what will you do with it even i do not know for all the mm. possible use cases but i think even if we are aware it really empowers us and it will touch everything just like every business is an electricity dependent business every business is an internet dependent business so i believe every business is going to be an edge first business fantastic uh, manish i think that's a right uh, moment to uh, finish this particular podcast uh, thank you very much for sharing your knowledge and your experiments uh, with me manish thank you joseph i hope you enjoyed this conversation please share what you liked in our conversation on social media and tag us have life of wins